Hello and welcome to Plotris. This is Meg. This is Lane. And today we're talking about 12 Kisses to Midnight by Karen Hawkins. This came out in 2016. It was published as part of an anthology, but now it is also available as a standalone. So here is the summary. This is actually the worst summary we've ever read. Yeah. Not because it's bad, but because it's literally nothing. It's just about the author. So... Travel through the rolling hills of Scotland in this winter-themed love story from the best-selling author of the Oxenberg Princes series. In the snowy Scottish countryside, New York Times best-selling author Karen Hawkins' rakish duke has an unforgettable holiday encounter in this delightful Regency novella. When the alluring lady he surprises under the mistletoe is not who he expected, but a long-lost love with a score to settle. It's clear that this will be a Christmas he won't soon forget. (laughs) This, like, we have talked about this before, but this is Roma's novel Mad Libs. <laughs> there is, what do you know about the book from the plot, other than who wrote it? Okay. Scotland. He's a duke. It's uh, a regency period. Um, mistletoe, mistletoe kiss. Mistletoe and a, okay, so it's second chance romance. This is a long lost love. Yeah. And it's Christmas time, which it's we got Christmas from Mistletoe. Time. That's it. So yeah. what would you guess this was about for, based on those details? I mean, that's I would say, okay, second chance romance, they see each other in a ball. So for those, those of you who have been listening to our 12 podcasts of Christmas, you may notice that these key factors are present in most of oh. what we have read. Yes, because let's be honest, novellas work best with a ch- second chance romance. Because the characters already know each other. Because the characters already know and each other. And you don't have to establish that. Exactly. So all of that's fine, except when I went to write my review for this one, it took me way longer than it should have to figure out which one this was. Yeah. And that's not an insult to this book. No. I enjoyed it. It's just that the description and the title have nothing to do with no. what happens in the text. And they so don't have we, their names either. Like the names of the nothing. characters aren't there. There's no There's clues. nothing. There's no specific identifying feature for this book. I had to dig so hard. Oh. Anyway. So, so in case you're wondering what this book is actually about, we're going to tell you more in eight words. Than that summary told you in, I don't know, 50. Uh, so mine. Exes are snowed in at a sex cabin. <laughs> Look, we got snowed in and we got sex cabin, so. Already know a little more. And exes. Okay. Yes, here's mine. Win X back by masquerading as his mistress. So you got X, you got masquerading, and you got the fact that he has a mistress. There you go. You guys have just learned more about this book. That the book jacket gave you. Yep, but unfortunately, we did not tell you that the author was Karen Hawkins or that she was a New York Times bestselling author of the Oxford Prince series. Yeah. So I hope you guys were like weren't upset. Yeah. That we skimmed over that part. Yeah. So I mean, we already talked about the major tropes, which are second chance romance and snowed in. Right. But there are others. So she's stubborn and it almost gets them both killed. Mm-hmm. Mistaken identity. She intentionally yes. wears the same costume as his mistress I to a costume ball. loved that part. Yes. She's daddy's little girl. Yes, but we all know that fathers do not know best in Regency romances. Um, and so this is going to This require... is not a trope. This is great. It is. Um, so th- it is a little bit of a trope, though. Be, to me, because, and not a, a romance novel one. So every time I watch Twilight, oh. the film, the gift that Edward and Bella are given for their, like, wedding yeah. gift from the Cullen family is what every time I see I yell is a fuck cabin. There we go. Because literally, it's just a house far enough from the rest of them that they can have sex without disturbing anyone. So every time I see it, I just shout fuck cabin. Yeah. And this is, I think, the first time I've seen it in a romance novel deployed to this extent. It's amazing. Not only is it, like, a sex retreat. It's 
actually a sex retreat for the person who built it. So yes. like all the images on the walls are erotic and yes. there's like everything erotic is erotic. Stitch. Like everything in the cabin is erotic. All of the pictures. All the statues. All of the beds. The embroidery. The 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 bed posts. Like get me one. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean so great. I, I don't think I want to own it, but I would one hundred percent go there for a weekend. Oh my God. It was hilarious. And like there's a lot of comedy where like he thinks He's realized it's a fuck cabin. Yeah. And he thinks she's too innocent. Yeah. Even though she's a widow. Right. But so whatever. She's he... a widow. So he's like trying to discreetly burn all the paintings. And, and then... she's like, I actually really like this part too because she was like, yes, I noticed. Like, don't be dumb. Yeah. Like, I think it's funny. Yeah. And so he has to stop, you know, destroying yeah. the home. So that was fun. Um, okay. So... So uh, what happens in this, what happens in the novella? They are in Scotland. Invited to a house party for Christmas. Yes, as one does. And it's the house party of someone who lives close to her father. Right. Who is courting her. Who is courting her. And And he's there with his mistress, where, like, along with his mistress, who's a married woman. Yes. Who is trying to get him to commit post her husband's untimely demise yes because her her husband's gonna die any day now and she wants to she wants to nail down her future yes but i mean he's never gonna marry her anyway no they're not like in love they're just hooking up yeah and she overhears him she as the main character not as in his mistress yes well so marcus and kenna marcus is a duke. <laughs> Kenna is a widow who used to date him. They were actually engaged. Right. Well, yeah, that's what dating was back then. <laughs> they were engaged, and it's implied that they actually had sex. It is, but implied. Implied. Which would be disappointing if the present wasn't explicit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but it's implied that they, they actually had sex as, as young, virile animals. Yes. And now they're both older and wiser. She is a widow and he is actually now the Duke. They broke off their engagement. Yes. She got married again real quick. Real quick. And he fled to... Oxenburg. Yeah. Where he became an assistant to one of the aforementioned Oxenburg princes. Yeah. But he, he was also like in the army. Right. Was he, he was at Waterloo, I think. And... With Oxenburg or Britain. Who knows? Yeah. Many questions. Anyway. It was, it was weird. Okay. So, so he doesn't know she's back. He knows she's a widow. So Kenna over... No, he, and he knows she's back. He knows she's back. Because the friend he's with, the Oxenberg Prince, is like, who Who's is that, that hottie over there? lady. And he's just like... <laughs> he's like, we used to date. And he's like, look, uh, I know I know, bros don't usually ask this, but would you mind if I totally hooked up with her? And he's like, no, I wouldn't mind. But you don't want to. Correct. <laughs> so she overhears, like, whatever, him and his mistress talking, and the mistress saying, I'm going to be an angel. Uh, a swan. Whatever, swan. She's, she's, I mean, no, white. Kenna like, was supposed you know. to be an angel. Kenna was supposed to be an angel. But instead, she, she dresses as a swan. Yes. She overhears the mistress saying, I'll be a swan and I'll meet you under the mistletoe. And who should he actually kiss under the mistletoe? Which swan should he actually kiss? That dun, dun, dun. Kenna. And he knows it. Immediately. Like, again, this is the masked beauty, but... Like, I can tell who you are because of the way we kiss. And they're both startled and cause a commotion by falling all over everything. And not only do they fall over everything, like, her skirts go over her head. Yep. 
um, after they kiss. So, basically, she's scandalized. Yeah, she causes a little bit of a scandal. And she's just like, oh my god, I have to get my dad to come fix this because he's enough of a paragon of society or whatever that he'll come smooth this over. And it's the next morning and she's going to go and someone who overheard her like saying this was her plan and leaving told the boys. Yeah. And Marcus Marcus is is like, like, you cannot go out in this horrific snowstorm alone. And she's like, she's like, that's what you think. I'm going on on my own anyway. And I'm going to take the shortcut. And he's like, you better not take the shortcut. And she's like, okay, you're right. I probably shouldn't, but she still does. And he watches her take it. Yeah. So, of course, he gets on a horse. He gets on his horse, goes after her. And, of course, he was right. There's a really terrible snowstorm, and they, she gets off her horse, and then his horse whacks him in the head. Yeah, so he has a severe head injury. Yeah, severe head injury, and she drags him through the snow to this amazing cabin that just sort of appears. And you're worried it's like Grandma's gingerbread house, and they're both about to get eaten, but no, it's just like It's the fuck cabin. It's just the fuck cabin. And so he spends most of their first day in the fuck cabin unconscious. Mm-hmm. But don't worry, the fuck cabin is perfectly stocked with food, so they don't have to like worry about foraging or it's great. firewood or anything. But it's snowing like crazy. Like all, all around, it's just snow, snow, snowing, and they can't leave, and no one can come rescue them from the fuck cabin either. Obviously. Because they got to be stuck long enough to work out their issues. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, the one trope that we didn't get here was the, we got caught out in the weather, so we have to undress and warm each other. They just the weren't fire. stuck out that long. Well, they weren't stuck out that long, and then also she didn't undress him. And they were also dressed appropriately. Yeah. Weather, which, yeah. like, mitigates. So it was, a, it was a little bit disappointing. But that's okay. The rest of the the rest of the novella made up for it. Yeah, and they don't like ever talk about the past, which is a little annoying, especially when they're stuck with that nothing else to do. Absolutely, the most annoying part of this yeah. novella is that they do not talk about the past. Like you, and then her whole her whole point of dressing up as his mistress was to get him to kiss her and then talk about the past. But she just is so embarrassed that she can't bring it up. They spend like two days in this fuck cabin really wasting time. They really waste a lot of time. They have some little arguments. and I mean, they're cute arguments. Yeah. But they, they're not getting anywhere with their interpersonal relationship. There's also a lot of wasted space on his mistress and her paramour. Oh my god, this... So, you know, Lane... I can, I notice, like, a lot of literary things. Like, I notice, like, word usage or things like that. I don't actually notice a lot of plot holes that I think you pick up on, but I picked up on a big one in here. So, they're at the ball. Yes. And he notices that his mistress is missing an earring. And he's like, oh, did you lose your earring? Did it fall off? And she goes, oh, no, I lost my earring. Wherever can it be? So, she, like, goes to start looking for it. Okay, fine. And then they're at the fuck cabin and he finds the earring there. So obviously she's been messing around with their host. Who is Kenna's... Kenna's courtier. Courtier. Whatever, yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing. She's all the way at the ball and she has decided to wear these earrings to a meet and greet, you know, at the house party. And I was like, you don't do that. Like, you in these... In this time period, at least according to all the historical romances I've read, you dress specially for whatever occasion you're doing. Right, and right? so like, even if she'd gotten ready for the ball and then they'd had a quick tryst, why would they have ridden out to the fuck cabin and back? Exactly, and I was like, would she really? I, I didn't get it. I was like, did she, did they like screw there in the fuck cabin 
and then get on horses right after their hookup, which to go ouch, right to the ball, and then go straight to the ball. Although to side be saddle. fair, okay, there's a side deal. <laughs> and also to be fair, it wasn't straight to the ball; it was to the like meet and greet before right. the ball. But even so, I this was like, timeline is called no. into question. I, it's extreme. If this were a mystery, this would be like the you know smoking gun. <laughs> Like, this is, no, it makes no sense. But it just didn't matter, because, like, you could tell he wasn't into the mistress anyway. It's not like he was thinking, oh, Kenna, or whatever mistress's name was. Yeah. So, like, her betrayal, or whatever, she was his mistress, too, like, and a married woman. Like, honestly, it that... Was, it was a whole bunch of nothing. That was... So, let's skip to offensiveness, because that was the part of the book that offended me. Yeah. Not... I mean, if you're gonna have a plot hole, whatever, I don't care. But the whole thing is that he is supposed to be so much more honorable and, like, better... And then other people, right? Yeah. And the mistress is portrayed as cheating on him with this other guy. And I'm like, wait a minute. He's the one sleeping with the married woman. How, they, it's not like he, she and he were on a break and she slept with this other guy. And he slept with Kenna while he was still technically with the other lady. So they're all just as terrible as each other. Right. And, like, the guy courting Kenna, like, she hasn't agreed to anything. Mm-hmm. Like in my mindset here based on the mores of the time period no one's really in the wrong so it being played as this like big exposure yeah it was just i just it was unnecessary and i felt frankly a little bit anti-feminist yeah so that was the most offensive agreed um it was pretty sexy once they do hook up so it It starts with like like an epic battle of the sexes where like they're so pissed at each other that she draws a chalk line down the yeah charcoal Charcoal line in the middle of the the room it was i liked it i did too and and and, like a lot of little hijinks ensue from this because like who's on what side and who gets what part and and then they end up screwing in the middle so it's fine yeah but then she gets this like charcoal line down the back of her dress. It's just remember, you know that remember that Mentos commercial? Yes, from the nineties. <laughs> That's yep. what it reminded. I was like, no, just roll around on it a couple more times, and you'll just have black stripes on your dress. No one will notice. <laughs> it was hilarious. It was just it was a lot of like fun sexiness. I wish more of it had been that. It was sexier. I think you put this in the notes than I like expect from novellas yes, at this point. It was. But I still could have used a little less crap. Yeah, yeah. Less about the mistress. A little bit more about their feelings earlier because mm-hmm. they don't they do not resolve their feelings for each other until after they have sex, really. And it is like left to be a little bit of a mystery down to the last page yeah. if he's like grown up enough. Which is fine, but, like, unnecessary. Yes, exactly. Uh, But, in general, this was very enjoyable. I really liked the book these are in, and I wish I could remember what it was called. (laughs) Wait, I I can tell you what it was called, because I just had to look up the characters' names. It was called What Happens Under the Mistletoe. Yeah, I liked this anthology. This was was a really cute anthology. It really was. I enjoyed it quite a bit. So, we'll probably be reviewing others. We'll probably be reviewing others from this anthology next Christmas, so stay tuned. I cannot let you go, though, before asking you, Lane, how many candy canes you would give this novella. Oh, God, here's the problem. There's no Christmas. Not really, because, like, yes, it's a house Christmas party. There's mistletoe. There's mistletoe, but, like, I don't associate costumes with Christmas. Mm -mm. And the fuck cabin was amazing. But there was no, there were no Christmas decorations. Right. Like, there wasn't a tree with, like, phallic ornaments. You really just get snowed in in winter. Yeah. 
I feel like giving it a zero out of five implies that it offended me. It can't be a zero out of so five because there not was a mistletoe. zero. So I'm gonna give it a one. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think it's just, and that's not to say I hated it. It's just, it's very. Twelve Kisses to Christmas was a misleading title. Yeah, yeah, it, it really was. That's twelve kisses definitely. to midnight. Sorry, not twelve kisses to Christmas. Never mind. I oh, like never mind. Actually, that was a perfect title. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fine. Um, as always, thank you so much for listening. And we are really enjoying the 12 podcasts of Christmas, and we hope you are too. Talk to you.